In Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Today is the day after probably the most important election in the history of our country. And I pray that each and every one of you fasted and prayed and then went out and voted in this election. And I pray that whoever the candidate is that wins this election, that each and every one of us as American citizens will get behind the winner of this election, no matter which candidate won. Today's scripture reading will be Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Mark chapter 10, verse 17 through 22, Matthew 19, verse 16, Luke chapter 18, verse 18, Isaiah 55, 1 and 2, Luke chapter 14, 15 through 24, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, and 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Good morning, and welcome to Spiritual Awareness with Pastor Davenport. We are an Arizona 501c3 nonprofit. We are part of Pastor Davenport Ministries, a spirit-filled, Bible-believing beacon of light, a non-denominational ministry. Of the Lord Jesus Christ, both from Gospel of Faith Church as well as from the worldwide broadcasting studio right here in Fort Mojave, Arizona. I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast, where twice every week I'll be presenting an exciting new sermon message from God's Word. It will be, contain sermons on faith, hope, love, and grace of Almighty God. Here at Spiritual Awareness, we believe that God has a new spiritual awakening for all Christians and for the churches especially for the churches that are closed down during this pandemic. I believe that it is time that we reach out to those that are affected spiritually because of this pandemic. Those that are, are filled with fear and anxiety because of this lockdown that they have been in and may be in again. Because I believe that it is not due to the government. I believe that it is not due to China. I believe that it is really an attack from Satan himself on the church, on Christianity itself. So I think it's very important for each and every one of us to get back into Scripture and to rely upon God to get us back out of this depression and this anxiety that we find ourselves in by getting closer to God in our walk with Jesus. I'd like you to grab your Bible, dust it off, and join with me in this journey as we get closer to our Heavenly Father. Join with me now. as we go before our Heavenly Father in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this moment that we can spend with you. Forgive us, O oh Lord God, if we've, if, we've, if we've strayed away from you during this time of this plague 
During this time of this pandemic, when our churches and our places of worship have closed down, we ask, Lord God, that you would intercede on our behalf. As 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 states, Lord, may we humble ourselves before thee, O Lord. May we turn from our wicked ways. That includes straying from you, Lord. We take this moment in time, Lord God, and we repent of our sins. Sin is sin, Lord. And we repent of that sin. No matter how grave, no matter how minor, we, we repent of that sin. We take this moment to commune with you, Lord. We take this moment to meditate and to pray. To remind ourselves that you are the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. That you we gave our heart to. That you we gave our mind, our spirit, and our soul to. That you died upon that cross at Calvary. And that by your grace we are saved. Not by an election, not by, not by some candidate. Not by some government, but by your grace, almighty God, are we saved. By the blood of Jesus. And by the grace of almighty God. Is our soul. Entered into. Heaven itself. We come before you this morning, O Lord God. Humbled before thy majesty humbling ourselves Lord ask, and asking that you would heal our land now that this election is over Lord God may thee come and, and ask that you would heal our land of all the, all the rioting and all the looting and all the stealing and all the murder in the streets of America and around the world Lord God may you heal us and may the world find peace and tranquility once again May we reach out to all peoples of all denominations, all beliefs. And may we find that peace and tranquility once again. We ask this this morning in Jesus' mighty name. And may the world, may the world unite as one and say amen and amen hallelujah 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 praise god this election is over and i pray to god that we are at the turning point and that we can all get behind the winner of this election. And we can move our country forward. You know, I begin every sermon the same way. You know, Jesus is before us, behind us, always beside us, and we are surrounded by God. While all the Beatitudes are important, this one seems to be the turning point in the message. Why? The Lord presents the idea that there must be a certain amount of hunger 
for these spiritual matters in, in the soul of all mankind. That spiritual hunger moves mankind into action. So most likely we have, we have all made an observations in the past about those who seemed to advance in their spiritual walk as much more rapid pace than others have. And we tend to admire those people, those men and women, without ever realizing that this, this lynchpin in, in, the, in the Sermon on the Mount was crucial for spiritual growth that took place. Much can be said about spiritual desire and, and, and hunger. I see people all the time that, that are new converts into Christianity. And, and it seems to me that they, they, they're on fire for God. I mean, oh my goodness, they, they have such a hunger inside of them. In Mark chapter 10, verse 17. Let me turn there really quick. Mark chapter 10, I hope you have that. Verse 17. And when he was gone forth into the way... There came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and thy mother. And he answered and he said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way and sell whatsoever thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up thy cross and follow me. And he was sad at that saying and went away, grieved. And he had great, because he had great possessions. He had great possessions. See, that gives, the, the, uh, gives us a, a grand picture of what desire and spiritual hunger looks like. It is the story of a rich young ruler. A further profile of this man comes from the accounts given in Matthew and Luke in Matthew 19.6. Excuse me. In Matthew 19, verse 6, Wherefore they are no more twain, but one flesh, what therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. I'm sorry, I'm supposed to be in 1916. I apologize. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And again in Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. The same goes true. 18 and 18. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, God, a good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou good? None is good save that of God. John is strangely silent in his omission of the young man. The profile of the man from the three accounts proves to us that he was a young man who was rich, who held the position of a ruler. He was a young man who was, was highly principled and highly motivated. He had invested his talents wisely. Not, not fingering them uh, until he had lost their power, nor had he hoarded them away to be buried in some obscure place in his heart. Furthermore, this young man was filled with honesty and love for God. 
He had the, the, the markings of a dis, a discipline and excellent quality to have. He also approached the Lord with a posture of respect, submission, and reverence. He did, did not desire to be uh, antagonistic towards the great teacher with this question. While it is not objective of this study to move through all the angels of the account, or the angles of the account, excuse me, what is crucial to note is that there are there had been a great pursuit towards something that would ad advance him in this world. So we must give uh, deliberation to the thought that if there were are actions that can lead towards attaining matters in the earthly realm, there are matters that can be pursued in the spiritual realm that will be lasting in, in eternal matters. We can easily come to understand that the Lord getting at his thought when he presents the matter of hungering for what is holy and righteous. That comes in Psalms 42, 1 and 2, or 63, 1 and 2, 84, 2, 107 and 9, and John 6 and 27. And there's one other crucial matter that bears thought with the idea of being filled with this goodness and holiness while we are, are in this world. We think that the fall of mankind from Genesis chapter 3 is several different ways. We generally think of this matter only in spiritual terms, involving the soul. But it involved not only the soul of mankind, but the body and the mind and the spirit of the man as well. The reason that our bodies deteriorate with time due to age and sickness and disease is because of the curse of sin that fell upon mankind. What becomes lost in all this thought is that our, our literal brains were affected by the, this curse of sin that runs through the physical organs. No matter what medicines or, or counseling may be offered to someone in today's world, it is crucial to remember that one of the benefits of Christian life is a mind that has been transformed in the way that it thinks. A spiritual mind is ever so important as we have thoughts that are far above the calamities that we witness near and far from our geographical location. This passage that Jesus gave as kingdom uh, principles brings supernatural power to the human mind of mankind. It is a proven fact that many of the people that lived well into their hundreds were Christian people. They were people who loved the Lord Jesus Christ and lived their life as Christian people throughout their lifespan. Obviously, the Lord was not speaking of a physical hunger and a thirst, but that which was a spiritual in nature. He said that the quest for inner holiness and purity would have, be, have a promised filling. But there are great spiritual benefits that come from having a spiritual mind and a spiritual body in place. There is a great blessing that comes from a spiritual mind, especially to those who are willing to exercise their mind toward godliness. Towards godliness, I say. A spiritual mind is one that is free from ignorance, the control of passions, 
and has a clarity that can see through error because of the embrace of the truth of God. Hallelujah. There are some ways that we can build up, up the spiritual mind. Some of these have been stated hundreds of times to us in our walk. But reiterating them never hurts. Reiterating them never hurts. Prayer. Implore the Holy Ghost to give divine light into your mind. Discernment. Examine the things that we are faced with and seek after a deeper spiritual knowledge supplied by God so that, that we can judge between the good and the bad and our decisions. Praise God. Clear and correct choices are needed and the word of God provides much guidance. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Much guidance is seeking out the right way to live and to walk with Jesus Christ. There are matters. There are matters by which the godly man and woman will settle themselves to not just do, but rather be. I want to say that again. These are matters by which a godly man and woman will settle themselves to not just do, but rather be. It is who we are. Some wonder why God doesn't remove all our sinful nature when we are filled with his spirit. What they don't understand is that the Lord uses our sinful nature to cause us to hunger and thirst after righteousness. He appeals to the man or the woman in us to change. Glory to God. He will not destroy all the sinful passions, all the, the negative spirits, the hinder, hindering attitudes, the wayward tendencies. But he leaves some of them which are within us so that we learn the necessity of hungering and thirsting out for righteousness within us. The hunger and the thirst is crucial for us for various reasons. To, pre to prevent a carelessness and a, a negligence in our walk and to, and to bolster a sense of, of watchfulness and diligence and an attentiveness about our spiritual man or woman within us. Glory to God. It's what keeps us walking with Christ. I hope you can grasp that this morning, my friends. To remind us that, that our enemy is always ready to attack us. To make holiness and righteousness and purity something that appeals to us even more than the treasures of this world. The treasures that the devil tempts us with. It's kind of like this election and everything that we were, we, we, we were endowed with, just, just bombarded with over this, this whole electoral season. Many people were, were cursing their TV and cursing the, the other person on, on the opposite side of their, uh, of their deal. Uh, I've seen it. People honking at the other person in the other car that had the opposite sticker that they believed in. Flipping them off. Going down the road. That's temptation from the devil. Trying to get into your soul. That's, that's not what God wants. Think about it. Sin is sin, no matter how small, no matter how big. Sin is sin. That's why we go to God for repentance. 
to turn away the devil, to come back to God. I thank God this election is done. Now turn back to God. Turn back. Turn back to God and welcome him back as he welcomes you back. In Jesus' name, glory. To ensure that we are not proud, but rather humble in what he accomplishes by his grace in our lives. To make sure that we are going to, to uphold the honor of God, the matter of love for him and his salvation to us, and to keep the faith to the very end of our life. To give wisdom from the victories and, and the defeats that come as we experience the hope of salvation in our lives. To give a saint an opportunity through the faithful fight to gain a measure of eternal reward and honor. To glorify God and to show his power over the enemy. And certainly that enemy has been working in our lives. Amen. To allow a saint to get used, used to the, the tension that comes from fighting the good fight so that he or she will allow the fear in, our, in, a, in the hour of, of their passing when we are often subjected to the most violent of all attacks in our lives. <coughs> Those are just a few of the reasons of the necessity of hungering and thirsting after righteousness. It is with cert certainty that, that we could add many more reasons to this list, given the time and opportunity to meditate on them even more. The scripture says, blessed are the hungry. In Isaiah 55, 1 and 2, in the King James Version, it says, Oh, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come by wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for thou that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good. And let your soul delight itself in fatness. This pas passage literally breathes out the grace of Almighty God. And the prophet is calling for everyone who is hungry and thirsty to come and fill that void, even if you cannot pay for it. Furthermore, water is not only offering, but much more expensive fare, such as milk and wine. Although there is a mention of bread, and the truth is this is not just simple table, but is an entire banquet that is being offered to those recipients who come to the table. There is a corresponding parable that is Jesus uh, told when he referred to this entrance into the kingdom being much like the banquet in Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. Give me a minute. Luke chapter 14, verse 15. Through 24, and when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things at dinner with him, heard these things, he said unto them, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then said he unto them, A certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go to see it. I pray thee, have me ex excused. And one said, I have bought 
five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pay, I pray thee, have me excused. And the other said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that the servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets of the lanes of the city, and bring it hither to the poor and maimed, and halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done, as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said to the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges, and compel them to come in, and my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste at my supper. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children, brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. The context of this passage is very important because Isaiah is attempting to convict Israel for getting settled down into Babylon. They were several decades which had not had been long enough for them to build houses, raise families, and put roots down and get comfortable with Babylonian society. And their ways, some of his words in this chapter are often, or excuse me, are an effort to shake them from their complacency and they cause them to realize that there are much greater blessings that wait them if they are willing to come to the banquet table. Isaiah is asking them, does all of this really satisfy you? It was a rhetorical question that had an obvious answer. No man who lives in the capacity can affirm that he lives in freedom, no matter how much he may experience as a supposed blessing. Isaiah was preaching that the prophetic kingdom of David still was in their future, and they needed to go back to Jerusalem and get out of their their uh, captivity. Only a real hunger, a real thirst for freedom could lead them in the, that direction. They probably did not understand that message because Isaiah had to digress, digress excuse me, from this his original message and tell them that God's ways and thoughts were higher than that of the man and woman, and they would not be able to to see the full scope of his blessing until they moved into the correct direction. Now, if we fast forward, excuse me just a moment. I had a heater going and it was getting really roasty in here in this in the studio. <laughs> fast forward, I, I apologize. Fast forward to 721 BC and the same nature of the man still has to find submission to God's will. The way because the huge majority of the population of the world live under uh, under captivity, but it is perceived by as a blessing. When a minister or a saint starts to witness to someone who is bound by the chains of sin, I want you to listen very carefully here. When you are ministering to a saint and you begin to witness to someone who is bound by the chains of sin, about the blessings and uh, of hungering uh, and thirsting after righteousness. It is a foreign idea to them. But there are great blessings that we find at the banquet table of righteousness of Jesus Christ. And some of these blessings are, are as follows. I want you to remember this, saints of God, prayer partners, prayer warriors, a habit of having the same mind as God in all areas of life. It affects our, our worldview, 
Now, we just finished up this election. And I know that somewhere, somehow, there are those of you that are, are, are depressed and, and really upset at whichever. And I want you to remember this. A blessing of being under the, the commandments of God that, pres, that, that preserve us from the curses and the consequences of sin. A promise of becoming like the Lord in thought and in action, preserving the kingdom of, of this earth. A development of the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, praise God. Are you listening to me? I don't care what is earthly bound. I want to think about heavenly bound. Praise Jesus. A blessing of having the ability to have both self-control and self-denial, which keeps us from being pulled by every whim of flesh of this world. A fellowship uh, in church, uh, whatever church, uh, be a Bible-believing church, uh, get fellowship with that church that is marked by brotherly uh, and sisterly kindness of love. A spirit of mercy, a spirit of goodness, that will be expressed towards others. Praise Jesus. A purity of heart and of soul that reveals in the clean mind of brothers and sisters in Christ. A man or a woman who understands the necessity of the fear of God. A man or woman who is spiritually minded, which means that there will be a clear sense of spiritual discernment that allows him or her to see what is right and what is prosper, and what is proper. While these benefits may seem too simple, simple in themselves, they literally help our minds to stay free from the overload that stress and anxiety often brings to us. And I know, I know that, that this election has brought so much, this pandemic has brought so much, this lockdown has brought so much that many in America and around the world are at their wit's end. But God, I'm telling you right now, God has it in control. We are surrounded by God and he is in control. If you'll just give your heart to God, if you'll turn back to God, because during this pandemic, the churches have been closed and our worship has, been, has resigned back and we've not been able to go to God in prayer and in worship. This trap of the enemy is to minimize and the, the simplicity of the blessing so that we miss the true spiritual life because of the maddening pursuit of, of this age. What we so often miss is the fact that holiness gives great credibility to our witness. And if we ever needed to embrace it, it is now. It is now. Glory to God. It is now. Can somebody out there shout amen and give God praise and glory right where you're sitting, right where you're standing right now. Give God praise. If you have to do it under your breath, then praise God. Give it to under your breath. Join me for the 11 o'clock prayer and pray that God will release us from the captivity that the devil has put on us in, these, in this age right now of this political warfare that we are in. Praise God. Let it in, Jesus. Let it in now. In Jesus' name I pray it. Continuing. Those who have been filled with the Spirit of God, 
the anointing of the Holy Spirit must understand that there is something that takes place at the initial point of conversion. They are filled with a peace that passes understanding. They are filled with praise and thanksgiving for what the Lord has done in their, in their life. They are filled with a goodness and a mercy of God. All of this is just a taste of what will be ultimately worked out in eternity. If you have ever had the seeming instability, excuse me, insatiable hunger that could not be filled with anything in this life, you should be grateful when you finally turn your life over to Jesus Christ and you get on fire and you, you have that hunger. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. I tell you, when you see someone who has finally given their heart to Jesus, they get on fire for Jesus. Oh, they get a, such a hunger inside of them. You cannot feel it. They want more. They're at every service. They're at every every revival. They're, they're going around. They're just, they're on fire for Jesus. And they want more. They want more. They cannot be filled. They're at every Bible study. They want more. Do you remember that time when you were on fire for Jesus? Let's get that back. Hallelujah. Let's get that back. You need to begin to, to hunger after righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First John chapter 3, verse 2. That's that divine holiness that's talked about. Along with the fact that we, we shall hunger and thirst no more. In Revelation chapter 7, verse 16. That is a hunger and a thirst that drives us at that point. Because we have tasted a heavenly gift that has literally opened our eyes and find to a greater spiritual matters that God is ultimately, ultimately, ultimately working towards accomplishing in our soul. If I desire, if I desire to be filled with righteousness, that's where we need to be, my friend. It is very clear that growth in holiness has nothing to do with position, knowledge, attendance to a Bible college or seminary, but rather it has to do with the quality of fellowship one has with the Lord Jesus Christ through all the twists and all the turns of this life. To be filled with righteousness will require teaching, discipline, recovery from failure, and a commitment the entire way of the Christian life. Much of that path of holiness is marked with prayer as we groan and yearn and plead with the Lord to fulfill His will in our lives. Glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. Praise Jesus. How can I tell if I am hungering and thirsting after righteousness? In conclusion, one of the most important questions that we do to ask ourselves is whether we are hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Now, you may be a shut-in. You may not be able to go to church. Uh, you may not be able to seek worship. Uh, that's what spiritual awareness with Pastor Davenport is all about. There is a certainty, a very valid one, for anyone who desires to please God with their life. The spiritual awakening that I speak of at the beginning of each sermon and each message and each study 
is exactly this. More than creating a list for someone to attempt to complete so that they can check it off for some idea of holiness, hungering and thirsting after righteousness has its inception because of the work of the Spirit in a person's life. John chapter 3, verse 5 through 8, Ezekiel 11, 19, 20, 36, 27, Romans 8, 5, 8, 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 14, Galatians 5, 17, Colossians 3 and 13, and 1 John 3, 9. You see, the Spirit alone can, can place deep-seated spiritual convictions and habits that are, are motivated more by Spirit-driven character than by fleshly behavior and modification. I need to speak to you. If you are that, I spoke the other day in this one of the messages of spiritual uh, on, on uh, Sermon on the Mount was that Christ went out as a shepherd to the lost sheep of the world. And I said in that message to those of you who are shut-ins, to those of you who could not go out into the world and reach those that are lost. And I invited you then, as I do now today, <coughs> forgive me, to become a shepherd of prayer. A shepherd of prayer. To join with me at the 11 o'clock hour and pray for the lost. If you have the ability to email me at spiritualawareness777 at gmail.com, email me with your email address, and I will be able to email you with a list of those that we need to pray for. As my good prayer warrior, and shepherd of prayer, Brother Al does, I give him a list of prayer needs and he puts them on his prayer list. If you want to become a shepherd of prayer, a prayer warrior, prayer partner, email me at spiritualawareness777 at gmail.com and we certainly will add you as a shepherd of prayer to this broadcast. God has a purpose for your life. If you want that fellowship, if you need that, that fellowship, and God's people all join together in fellowship, it's what keeps us going. There's no reason for you to sit at home and feel like you're not a part of God's greater fellowship. Then join with us here at Spiritual Awareness and become a shepherd of prayer. This broadcast goes around the world. We've picked up so many, New Zealand, Spain, Germany, Japan, Africa, so many, it goes around the world. But we need you. We need you as a prayer partner, as a prayer warrior, as a shepherd of prayer. 
You know, the first way, which is the most obvious way we can see if, if we or, or others are hungering and thirsting after righteousness is to see if we are hungering and thirsting after righteousness ourselves. The appetites that are expressed by our actions are very clear indicators of it. Do I long for the presence of Almighty God in my life? Do I have the evidence of active fruit of the Spirit present in my life? What a joy! Peace, goodness, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, faith, and temperance. Does the Holy Ghost have the liberty to send impulses that, that causes me to move forward or to pause before I get involved in things of life? Do I have peace with God? Do I have fellowship with other believers? Fellowship with other believers. I'm going to say it again. Fellowship with other believers. That's what we want. We want you to join with us. I know that many of you that are home and shut in do not have the funding to, to help us. Or we have funding. I'm not asking you to support us here. I'm asking you to support us with your prayers. I'm asking you to get involved as a, as a, a shepherd of prayer, as a prayer warrior, a prayer partner. Help with us with the 11 o'clock prayer time. And pray for the lost of this world. The salvation of the lost. And the second way is to see if we are hungering and thirsting after righteousness is to look at, at scriptural examples for those who demonstrated it. Hebrews chapter 11 is a good place to start. Because there is a wide range of men and women who had faith working in their heart. Abel was a man who offered a more excellent sacrifice. The witness of Enoch was that he pleased God. To take an even greater view is to look throughout the entire passages of Scripture and observe other godly examples and give consideration as to what our lives may look like as compared to their own. Scriptural and historical biography is an excellent manner for us to see the blind spots in our own walk with God. Another way is to analyze this matter is, is to look for our own self-righteousness in comparison to the true righteousness of Almighty God. You must be brought to an understanding that salvation is a gift from God, and it has been extended so that sinners can be saved from the wrath of God. While true salvation will influence man in such a way that outward actions, behavior will be marked different than those who are sinners. We must never forget that our own righteousness is as filthy rags, Isaiah 64, verse 6, and that all our good works have been motivated only by the work of the Holy Ghost. A man or a woman who truly is hungering and thirsting for righteousness will give all glory to God for any goodness that might have been stimulated by his own or her own life. We must. We must also find that someone who is hungering and thirsting will avail themselves to some actions that will promote that righteousness in their lives. As much as some would be opposed to the so-called do's and don'ts of the Christian walk, no matter how rigorous the fight against them may be, no matter how much clout the person has who is opposing them, one can never get away from the very clear commands that the scripture brings to us. 
The man or woman who is hungering and thirsting after righteousness will avoid everything that opposes it and will embrace everything that fosters it. There are harmful and sinful matters that hinders our walk with the Lord. Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 2. Furthermore, there are things that one can get involved with that will remove their appetite for godly things and dull their spiritual senses. This is just a man or a woman who would eat junk food in between healthy meals so that when he, when, when he or she does a settled for a meal, they've lost their appetite. The same with God. There are matters of this world that do the same thing to us, and they are to be avoided at all cost. As for the positive side to the matter, we may take Paul's advice in Timothy and discipline ourselves for goodness and godliness. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. There are all other simple matters of the Christian life that deserve our attention that will promote this matter of hunger and thirst after righteousness, and we will serve ourselves well if we will pursue them. In closing, in closing, and I hope, I hope you will join us in fellowship, in fellowship, and in prayer. I hope you will come join us. I know this is a broadcast. You can join us by writing us at P.O. Box 11042, Fort Mojave, Arizona, 86427. You can go on to the website at spiritual awareness, all one word, spiritualawareness.net. There's a place that you can donate if you so if God so moves you to donate. Or you can just email us at spiritualawareness777 at gmail.com. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you till he brings you back again. God bless you. Well, praise the Lord. I find, uh, I hope you enjoyed today's uh, lesson. It was lesson five. You know, I believe it's a nine-part lesson on the Sermon on the Mount. You know, during the... During his time on the earth, Jesus was always inviting people to become his followers. And he said to those by the Sea of Galilee, follow me, follow me. And he invited his listeners to come to him, to come by faith, to come for healing, to come for hope, to come for happiness, he said. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's in Matthew eleven twenty eight. And he said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. Matthew sixteen twenty four. You know, perhaps today, and I just hit it right because it's just now the eleven o'clock hour. Perhaps today, you. Ladies and gentlemen, my brothers and sisters in Christ, maybe perhaps today you feel that Christ himself is speaking to you. Maybe he's speaking just to you. Perhaps you're a new listener here at Spiritual Awareness. 
Imagine if, if he were in this, in, in the very room where you're sitting. Maybe he's in your car, co-piloting. And maybe he's giving you that invitation. What would you do? Well, he really is sitting right there with you, wherever you are. Wherever you are listening to this broadcast around the world, he really is inviting you to become his child, his follower, his disciple. I'm going to ask you to, to just kind of take this moment to meditate on this, to pray on this. I want you to know that you can come to the Lord. That you, you need to come willingly. Come courageously. I don't want you to worry about what anyone else might think. Because this is your time with Christ. He's calling you as an individual. One-on-one. -on -one. Or maybe he's calling you as a couple. Maybe you're sitting at home with your wife your husband. Maybe he's calling your whole family. Jesus died just for you. And he rose again on the third day. His blood, every drop of that blood, well, one of those drops is just for you. And his blood washes away your sin. And he can give you a brand new life. A brand new life today. If you'll come. I'd like you to come to Christ right now. While there's still time. While you still can. Only a step to Jesus. Oh, why not come and say, Gladly to thee, my Savior, I give myself away. In Revelations 24, Jesus warned that Christians in a particular church, in a particular church, had drifted away from their first love. They did not love him as they once did. I wonder, could this apply to you? A little later in Revelation 3.15, he warned believers in another church that they had grown lukewarm. And they no longer were hot. They were no longer passionate for him. Could that mean us? Has your love for Jesus Christ waned? Has your devotion to Christ weakened? Has your passion for him faded? How easily the demands and temptation of this world crowded into our hearts the distraction of a pandemic, the distraction of this election? Has it taken away from us wholehearted obedience to Christ? Today, Jesus is standing at the door of your heart and he's knocking, listening, waiting to be restored as the Lord and the master of your life. I'm going to ask you today to renew your commitment to Christ, to repent, to repent, and ask Jesus to come back into your life. You can do that. It's not a big thing. You just say this very simple, simple prayer with me right now. Just say it. Dear Lord Jesus, just repeat it after me. Dear Lord Jesus, 
I know that I'm a sinner. And I pray thy forgiveness. I do believe you died and rose again. I turn from my sins and I invite you to come into my heart and into my life. I trust you, Lord, and I choose to follow you as Lord and Savior. I give you my heart again, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. My friend, if you prayed that prayer this morning, spiritual awareness just personally welcomes you back to the family of God. If you've never said that prayer and today's your first time, we welcome you. You are a new creation and the old has passed away and behold, all things have become new. And we at Spiritual Awareness Ministries are so glad you came upon the broadcast and accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have made the most important decision of your life. God has a wonderful future planned out for you and a unique purpose for your life. Your life has significance. And now that you are a child of God, there are numerous benefits that belong to you, such as forgiveness of all sin, healing for your physical body, mind, spirit, and soul, blessings, protection, and the Holy Spirit to guide you and teach you in the ways of God. If you are someone who just kind of said that prayer to get back with God, welcome back to the fold. God loves you. He's never given up and he welcomes you home. Like the song says, he left the 99 to go get back that one. Welcome home. Now, if you are a shut-in and you'd like to join with us as a shepherd of prayer or, a, or as a prayer warrior or prayer, um, just a prayer partner, and you'd like that list, give us a, give us a, a call at 928 715-6985 or email us if you have email capacity. Email me at spiritualawareness this is all one word spiritualawareness777 at gmail.com and let me know that you would like to join us as a, as a shepherd of prayer or a prayer partner and you, you would like to pray for our, those that are in need for prayer and we will send you a list that we can get everyone in the world praying for those that are in need for prayer. If you have a prayer need and you would like that, do the same thing. Email, email us your prayer needs and we will be putting you out on our prayer list. It's a worldwide prayer list and we will put that out as well. Just send a first name and the need that you have for prayer and we will be glad to put you on our, our worldwide prayer list for our prayer warriors to pray for you. Right now, we're up to 77 churches praying and many, many prayer partners praying. With that, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and make his face to shine upon you. God bless you. We love you all in the Lord. God bless. <music>